Father, we thank you so much this morning for completing the work in the cross. For doing, Lord, that what was necessary for us to be able to have the opportunity to spend eternity with you. It is done. It is finished. We are so thankful, Father, for the opportunity that you're giving us every single day. Every single day when we wake up, it's a new day, it's a new opportunity for us to do things better. And all this because it is done. It's not what we can do for you, but what you have done. Time with us, uh, we got a lot of exciting things coming up ahead. 
uh, in the in the near future, and a lot of things that are changing. Uh, we are revisioning. Uh, we are trying to reach the community with the love of God, so that way that when we can do what God has called us to do. Today we're going to wrap up our series. Uh, this is our, our, our 10 week on the series on God. On God. This is our 10 week on His qualities, His attributes. It, it's amazing to know exactly, uh, to know exactly how, what are the qualities of God, what are His attributes, because what we know to be true about God how we view Him. We've been saying this for a few weeks, so I hope you already memorized. If we go to the next slide, if we, if, if, I hope you already memorized this, uh, this, uh, this phrase that we keep on repeating. Uh, that, it, you know, what we know to be true about God, how we view Him determines how we live our lives. So it is important for us to focus on who God is. What can we expect of God and what, what does He expect from us? Last week we talked about the heart of all of these attributes, all of these qualities, and we were examining the scriptures and, and saw how God is love. We said last week God wasn't just love, but God is love. He is the essence of love. And His love is expressed by the things He does for each one of us. So every morning when you wake up and you and you have life in you, that is an expression of God's love because He is love. He's giving you uh, He's giving you a new day because you uh, you know when you were hungry you were able to eat when you needed when you needed provision for your daily life you you got provision you received food you received a roof over your head because God in His love and He expresses His love by providing to His children and even those who are not His children receive those blessings from God love is who He is love is who He is and what He does in His essence are the expression of love and we talked about this last week how His love is expressed in a sacrificial way in a forgiving way He forgives us and His forgiveness is still and is always and is always there available to those who ask for forgiveness. He is patient with us. Even though we, we, we make mistake after mistake, we make, uh, we, we make the wrong decision after wrong decisions that lead us to have consequences in our lives. Because many times those things that go on in our lives is just a result of the consequences for what we have done wrong or the wrong decisions. But He, in, in, in despite of that, He is patient with us. That's why we're here. Uh, we, we saw a scripture where we, where we learned that God, the reason we're not consumed is because of His love and mercy, His patience. Because of His love, His expression of love, He is compassionate to us. He understands every single thing that we go through. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful to His promises. He is not a man. So he is faithful to his promises. He is God, protector. He protects us in his love. His love is permanent. All these expressions of love, we can experience all these expressions of love because his love is permanent. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. But there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. His love is perfect. Isaiah 54 verse 10 says, Though the mountains move and the hills shake, it doesn't matter how things change in the world. And we have gone through a lot of change in the last couple of years. 
But it doesn't matter how much things change in the world. He says, my love will not be removed from you. So every single day, the reason we can breathe here that we breathe is because of the love of God. And so many times, we don't stop to think, so if this is the love of God, how do we respond to that love? Last week, I mentioned to you guys that sometimes we take it for granted. We take for granted that love of God. And we're like, okay, so God loves us, so, you know, just another day. And that's not true. We should be thankful. We should respond in the right way to the love of God. My love will not be removed from you. Why does God love this way? We saw in 1 John chapter 4, uh, chapter 4 verse 8. Because God is love. That's why He loves this way. Because He is love. He is the essence of love. And, and also, uh, we were talking about that so many people looking for love in different places when love is God. God is love. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. That's what verse 16 of John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4 says. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. What we have experienced in the last few years is more hate than love. And so many people with different ideas, different opinions. I'll tell you one thing. I was asked about my political opinions the other day. And I said, I'm not here to give you a political opinion. I'm not here to be a politician. I'm here to be a preacher of the gospel. And you know what the heart of the gospel is? That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. My job is to talk about God's love and how you can reach other people with that same love of God. How you can be a loving person. How you can be a loving father. How can you be a loving wife? How can you be a loving, a loving children? So that we can fulfill His commandments. That is my responsibility. God is loving. Where He lives in love, lives in God. So, do you want to know if you're living in God? Check your life. And see how much love there is in your life. Because then, that means you live in God and God lives in you. Love in His essence. What He does are the expression of His love. And so we talked about that last week. Love is His essence. Now that love, that love that is His essence, has been deposited into His children. So if God is love and you are His children... God has poured His love into your heart. So if love has been poured into your heart, how should be your how should your behavior be? What should be the way you respond to that love that has been poured into your heart? Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, but because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. And when the Holy Spirit is, if the Holy Spirit is in you because you are a believer, love has been poured into your heart. Now, the question is, do we express that love with our actions? <laughs> After Easter, we're going to begin a series that's called God, uh, Love Does. 
And we're going to go in through, through each one of those things that what does love do? But today we're just going to see an overview of this. Love has been poured into my heart. So how do I respond? How do I respond to His love? Because the love of God has been poured into my heart. I am responsible. I cannot avoid responsibility on how I express that love that God has expressed to me. Why has God done this? Uh, for us to know that we have the mark of our Father in Heaven. So He has poured His love so we can also love others. That love gives us assurance that we are His children. Did you know that? If you don't love, you have to question yourself, how am I walking with God? Why? Because I say so? No, because the Bible says so. First John chapter 3 verse 10. Look, look at what this verse says. And I'm going to give you two different uh, translations on this one. I'm going to give you the New King James Version, which I like a lot. But I, I, I like the way the Christian Standard Bible says it in this also. Look at what it says. In this the children of God and the children of the devil, oops, those are strong words. I don't think anybody here will ever like to be called the children of the devil, right? Now, but we love to be called the children of God. But how do you know? How do you distinguish people who love really, who, who has the love of God in them, who, who's, who's got love is being poured into their hearts? How do you know that? In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever doesn't practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Check the box. If we do not love our neighbor, if we do not love our brother, if we do not make the effort to show those, those words of love with actions, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you who you are. He's got to read the verse and examine your heart. But, but how do you examine your heart? By examining your actions. Because love by words is not enough. We have to act in love. That's the way we respond to God's love. God has shown us His, his love by His actions. I, I like the way it says it in the Christian Standard Version. This is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. Whoever doesn't do what is right, it's not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother or sister. And what he's referring there is not, it, you know, it's everybody. Your neighbor. So God, who is love, pour his love in us, and that's how we know that we are his children. How? Because that love that He has poured into us, we are going to express it by our actions with other people. By our actions towards God and towards other people too. This is how we respond to God's love. By loving others. But in loving others, it is essential and fundamental that we understand that love is not love unless it's followed by action. Just like faith. Faith without actions is what? Death. So we can't say we have faith and not leave like we have faith. We can't say we love and not leave like we love. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things you can do without loving somebody. Do you agree with that? How many of you guys ever help people in the street that you don't even know? We all do sometimes. 
Does that mean we do it because we love them? Not really, because we don't even know them. But can you love and do nothing for a person? So if you love, your actions of love, it was going to show a person that you really love them. There's nothing, there's no way you can say you love and do nothing for that person. I like it the way First John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us. So God didn't just say, I love the world. He said, I love the world, but here are my actions. Here are my deeds of love. My actions, and He begins with a sacrificial love. That He laid down His life for us, and we have to lay down, uh, down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's good, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So when you pass by a person, and, and you see the need in that person's life, and a lot of times we, we can see somebody in need, it can be an emotional need, it can be physical need, it can be spiritual need, and a lot of times we can go by and just say, God bless you, or um, you know, I'll be praying for you, and you keep on going and forget about it. And a lot of times when we say, I'll be praying for you, most of the time we don't even remember to pray for that. That's reality. You know, we are so busy in life, that a lot of times we concentrate in that busyness of life that we have, that we have in, in our individual lives that we forget to pray for what we said we were going to pray. Some of us don't do that, but some of us do that. But how does God love, love how does God's love abide in you? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let us not love in word. So it's easy to tell a person, I love you. Those are big words. Especially in families, especially in couples, marriages. It's easy to say, I love you. You really want to show love to that person that you really care for. Show it with your actions. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a minute. But let us not love in word or speech. That's easy to do. But in action and in truth. Uh, let me put it to you this way. You can do something nice for other people. I repeat. You can do something nice for other people without loving them. But you cannot say you love someone and do nothing for them. Love has to be followed by actions. Those actions is how we respond to God's love. What are some of those actions? What are some of those actions? Our actions towards God have to be different. Our attitude towards God has to change. See, when we respond to God's love, as a result of responding to God's love, we, our attitude has to change towards God. Our attitude has to be different. How should we respond to God's love? Our action of love. If love is shown by actions, our actions of love towards God as a result of God's love, we should have a change of attitude towards God. So my first response to God's love should be to follow Him. 
Oh, but, but I follow God, Pastor. I don't. I don't. I follow God. I'll do it from my home. I. I. I don't have to come to church. Well, well, let me tell you, it's 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 a different thing that you think you follow God. It's a different thing when you really follow God. Many people who are direct recipients of Jesus' love and kindness. And many people who are uh, where you know who are or were eyewitnesses of his love uh, begin to follow Jesus back in the days of Jesus' ministry. Literally, they followed Jesus everywhere he went, and they followed him. So followed him because he was the new star. He was the new hero of the people. That's why they follow him. Many of them, they, that's the reason why they follow. There were always people who wanted to be close to the most popular person. Isn't that the same thing nowadays? People want to follow the most popular person in school and everywhere at work and different places. There were some of those who really followed him because of his teachings. But some of them were looking for, uh, for what he could give to them, not what they can do for him. Some were looking for what he could give to them. For, for example, the crowd, after the feeding of the 5,000, was went and looking for Jesus the next day. Remember that? They went to look for Jesus the next day, only to discover that he wasn't there anymore. And they were trying to follow Jesus, find Jesus because of what he had given them the day before. Jesus challenged them about their motives. What was their motives? John chapter 6, verse 26 and 27, uh, Jesus says, I-, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miracles, signs, but because you ate the love and you were filled. You are looking for me for different reasons. So, as a result of the love of God, we are called to follow God, to follow Jesus. The question is, why are you following Jesus if you are? Is it because of the loves of bread? Is it because of the fish? Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you on Him. God the Father has placed His seal of approval. Others follow uh, follow Jesus out of um, out of simple, you know, out of simple childlike faith. They weren't following Jesus because he was popular. Some of the people were following Jesus uh, because of who he was. John chapter six, the same chapter in the Bible, verse sixty six and sixty eight says that from this time many disciples turned their back and no longer followed him. Why? Because this is what he told them. You don't want me to leave. Uh, uh, he told the disciples, uh, "You don't want to leave too, do you?" Because everybody, when he challenged them, everybody left. He wasn't going to pick them anymore, so they left. And he told the disciples, don't you, "Do you want to leave too?" Jesus asked the twelve, and Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal lives. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus doesn't love us so we can like Him. So we just will, you know, He he loves me so I got to like Him. Or because He's popular. Jesus doesn't love us just because we can follow Him. Jesus loved us because that's who He is. That's who He is. That's what He does. 
As a result of who he is, he acts in love. So we are supposed to follow Jesus as a result of his love. And the question I want to leave in your, in your, in your heart this morning is, uh, why are you following Jesus? Is it because of what he can do for you, or is it because of who he is? Remembering the crowds, you know, saying, Hosanna to the king. They were saying that today, and five days later, six days later, they were saying, crucify him. What was their, what was their motives to follow him? Is what he can do for me, or is, is it love and what I can do for him? How do I respond to his love? A second thing that we should do when we respond to God's love is that we should serve him. He has called us to service. Service with love is different than just serving. And when I talk about serving, I'm referring for you, you don't start serving at church. Yeah, you do serve at church. But you begin by serving in your own homes. How do you serve one another? How do you serve your wife? How do you serve your children? How do you serve your husband? How do you serve one another? Do you do it with love? Do you do it with fervently love? How do you serve one another? Because the way you serve, the way you serve God is by serving other people. The way you serve your wife, the way you serve your husband, the way you serve your children, that's the way you're serving God. A lot of times people say, well, I'm just serving God. But don't do anything for anybody. It's like, so how do you serve God? How are you showing that you're serving God? No, you serve God by serving other people. And how do we serve God? How do we serve God by serving other people? We serve God fervently. With encouragement. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 says, Love one another with brotherly love. And if you love one another with brotherly love, it says, As for honor, preferring one one to the other in what requires diligence, don't be lazy. And that's so direct, right? You gotta serve fervently. So when you serve your wife, when you serve your husband, when you serve your children, don't do it nagingly. Do it fervently. Because you're not doing it for them, you're doing it for the most part for God. Because at the end of the day, who we're serving is God by serving other people. So we do it fervently. In spirit, look at this, it says that you are serving the Lord. And when you're serving the Lord, you serve without nagging or complaining. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who produces in you the will and as well as the doing. By His own will. So, when you desire to do something, and if it's something positive, that you're going to add value into other people's life, by the way, which we should do that every single day in our lives. You should add value into other people's life. And the way you're serving them, you're adding value in their lives. And that's the way you're serving God. By adding value. Because He has put that desire in your heart, He's put the desire, the will, and the want in you. <laughs> do everything without murmuring and strife. So don't do it with complaining or nagging. Do it with love. Do it with love. Serve more than what you're asked of. 
Luke chapter 17, Jesus himself said that if we, if we only do what we were told to do, it says we are useless servants. But he says that we should do more than what is asked from us. He said that we should do more than what is required of us. If we really love, you know, when we really love a person, when we really love others, then we don't feel that this as a weight on us. But it's a pleasure, it's a blessing to be able to serve others. It's a blessing to be able to do other stuff for other people because you're doing it in the name of God and you're doing it because you love these people. And we serve without getting tired of doing good. You know what? I'm just tired. I keep on doing right for this person. I keep on doing good for this person. And, and, and so who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself? So you can feel good? Or are you doing it to please God? If you're doing it to please God, then you shouldn't be, you shouldn't get tired of it. You should be fervently serving the people without complaining, without nagging at all. And Galatians chapter 6 says, Let us not, therefore, tire, get tired of doing good because in time we will reap if we do not faint. You will receive a reward eventually. You might not see it right now, but God will reward you in His own time. So as we have the opportunity, let us do good to some. Is that what your version says? No, the version, the Bible says, let us do good to all. Let us do good to all. And that's the way we serve God. So, n number one, we follow God as, as, as a response of love. We follow God. Number two, we serve God. Number three, here's a challenge because only 2% of Christians have had the pleasure of leading other people to, to the Lord. Only 2%. I don't know if you're part of the 98% or part of the 2%. But statistics said that only 2% of Christians have the pleasure of leading others to Christ. So if you, as a response of God's love in your life, you should go tell others what He has done for you. You should tell others what He has done for you. In Mark chapter 1, there's a story of a leper. This leper was healed by Jesus, and Jesus tells him not to tell anybody. Remember that story? He tells him not to tell anyone, but to go and show himself to the priest. But, you know, but how can you possibly not tell somebody when this guy was a leper? He was basically, he was dead already. He was, he was a walking dead. People didn't care for these people that were sick like that. How can he stop his words of telling of the marvelous thing Jesus had just done in his life? And in verse 40 of Mark 1 it says, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man and he said, I'm willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Pay attention to verse 43. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. Jesus sent him away with a strong warning. See that you do not tell this to anyone. Strong warning. 
Don't tell, don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for you, for your claims. As your testimony to them. Look at the men's reaction in verse 45. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. He couldn't hold back what Jesus had done in his life. Now, so many people have the tendency to say, well, I just don't know what to say. Let me tell you, all you have to say is what Jesus has, what Jesus has done in you. It's a matter of sharing your testimony many times. That's how it begins. When you tell people, if Jesus has done great things in your life, which I hope you realize He has, all you have to do is you got to go and tell people what He has done in your life. Mark says that He began to talk to freely and spread the news about Jesus. Could you keep such a wonderful news to yourself? If you were that leper, that the leper if you had that leprosy that this guy had, Mark chapter, chapter 5 It says that there was also a demon possessed man And this demon possessed man Was healed by Jesus When Jesus gets uh, ready to leave the, the formerly demon possessed man Wanted to go with him And Jesus says No, no, you can't come with me he, he, Jesus forbids the man um, And tells him Go home To your family And tell them how much The Lord has done for you and how He has had mercy on you. We can respond to Jesus' love by telling others what Jesus has done for us. I didn't say we should tell others about Jesus. But I'm saying you should tell others what Jesus has done for you. People have heard so much about Jesus. What they need to hear a lot more is what He has really done for you. How He has changed your life. How He changed your life. Let's not be like the infidel. Charles Spurgeon talk, told a story about the infidel. The infidel was a guy who, uh, so many times he was walking to church, and this is in the 1800s, this guy was walking over to church, and he was always carrying his Bible under his arm. And he would go by one day, day after day, he would go by in front of this guy's house, and this guy is always standing at the door, watching this guy at the same time, crossing by, passing by in front of his house, with the Bible under his hand, and, and, and after like two or three weeks later, this guy calls the man who was passing by with his Bible going to church. And, and he said, uh, Sir, can I, can I ask you a question? Uh, yes, sir, you can. Uh, do you believe what that book that you're carrying with you says? Yeah, yes, I believe it. Do you believe says, do you believe that book talks about heaven and hell? He said, yeah, I believe that. So do you believe the people who believe in what that book says will go to heaven? Yes. And do you believe the people, uh, you know, do you believe the people that don't believe in Jesus will go to hell? Yes, I do. And he says, so you must be the most awful person in the world. Because you have passed by my house every day and never warned me of this. How 
can we say that we love God and not tell people about what Jesus has done for us? I just came back last night from two days of teaching a conference, evangelism conference in Mexico. You know, and the people over there ask me, how do you drive six hours this way and eight hours back? Because sometimes it's a little longer to drive back. How do you do that in a weekend? I said, because the love of God controls my life. The love of God pushes me, presses me to tell people about Christ. And about how can they share Christ with others? So the love of God, the love of God should have a response from me to Him. And my response from me to Him is, I should follow God, I should serve God, and I should tell others about God. And about what He has done in my life. And that's how I respond to God's love. So if you're not following God, if you're not serving God, by serving especially your family to begin with, and then the church... And if you're not telling others about God, then you're not responding to God's love the right way. I'm just, I just got to be honest with you. That's what Scripture says. And I just, the way we respond to God's love, it's not just by telling, it's not just towards God, but towards others too. I can't finish this message this morning without talking about this. So you respond to God, to God's love. How you act towards God. How your attitude changes towards God. But how how is your attitude is supposed to change towards other people? What is love? And I'm not talking about that song from the 90s. What is love? I'm not talking about that one. Maybe you don't hurt me. But if you love, you don't hurt people. Am I right or am I wrong? Amen or not amen? amen? You're awake, right? Amen. Come on, let's get let's get let's get going here. I mean, if you love, you don't hurt people. So how do you respond to God's love? You respond to to, to, to God's love by doing the things that we just talked about for God, towards God, and now how do you respond to God's love with human beings? Why do you do? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we know this is a chapter of love in the New Testament. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 says, love is what? Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always holds, always perseveres, because love never fails. Because love never fails. Now, I want you to know, this is how you show and you are thankful, and this is how you respond to God's love towards other people. This is how you do it. Uh, Let's put the next slide, please. This is how you do it. 
You do it by being patient with other people. Because God has loved me. And the love of God is being poured into my heart. Now, because of God's love being poured into my heart, now I'm supposed to respond with love to other people. How do you respond with love? You respond with love, not with your words. Let's not love by words or let's love by deeds, by actions. How do you do that? By number one, being patient with people. Patience. Is it easy for you to be patient? My patience is being tested. That's what we say, right? How patient are you with other people? Especially those closest to you. And we, again, we're going to start a series two weeks from now that is called, it's called uh, Love Does. And we will dedicate a full message just in patience, about patience. Being patient. Love is kind. It's not rude. So when you are rude to other people, and, and you know what, I love it because we're supposed to do these things starting in our homes. Uh, let's not do what that lady did. Uh, she was, um, you know, she was at, at home, and, and as she was at home, and the husband was doing something here, and the kids were making a mess over here, and they were trying to get out in the morning. Kids going to school and all that, and she just began yelling to everybody, "You do this, you do that, you don't yell me." She gets home, she gets to the building, and as she's walking into the elevator, she bumps into this guy. This guy drops all the papers, and he says, "Well, I'm so sorry, sir." So two different reactions. You're supposed to begin practicing these things at home. That's where you're supposed to practice these things. With the people you see every day. The people you deal with every day. The people that put up with you every day. I'm sorry. Did I step on somebody's toes? Because a lot of times we like for people to be patient with us. To understand us. But how do we understand and are patient with other people? So we'll just we'll talk about that. How are we kind with other people? Love doesn't envy. Love, love doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. There are many times that we, so many times, church, we prefer, we prefer to be right about something than to be kind and let it go. Especially when we fight. You know why we fight? James chapter 4 says that we fight because we're selfish. We want to be right. No, no, I want to be right and I'm not going to give up until he tells me or she tells me I'm right. And that's why we fight. Because of arrogance, because of pride in our life. So love is not proud. It's not selfish. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Do you get angry, easily angry with other people? Or does it take a while for you to get there? It keeps no record of wrong. Are you open to forgiving people? Are you quickly to forgive or are you quickly to pass judgment on people? Love rejoices with the truth. It protects. It trusts. It hopes for the best. Love always perseveres. And what did verse 8 says? Love never fails. How do we respond to God's love? 
We do these things towards God. We do these things towards man. This is how we. This is how God wants us to treat each other. John chapter fourteen, verse fifteen says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Do you love God? And keep He keep His commandments. Love Him. Act with love towards God. Act with love towards people. Do you realize what um, what you be doing? And if you respond to God's love with actions, this is what you'll be doing. Let's go to Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-six and forty. Somebody came up to Jesus, and I'm going to finish with this. Somebody came up to Jesus and said, "Lord, I, I want to know what's the most important thing about life." What is the most important thing about life, Lord? I want you to tell me what is the greatest command, commandment in the law. And Jesus said to him, and it's, it's simple. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great. So basically Jesus is telling him, you should love God with everything you got. And so it's so easy to say we love God, but you know how you show the love of God. You show you, you know how you show that you really have experienced the love of God is the way you love others. There's no way you can say you love God and hate people. You know that word hate nowadays in this in this in this this generation that we're living in is so common. Everything. Oh, I hate. I hate this. I hate that. I hate my shoes. I hate the food. I hate. Do you hear that a lot? Everybody hates for everything. Hates is such a common word. And then he says, "It's just loving God means this." The second is just like it. It's got the same intensity. It's got the same strength. You should love your neighbor as yourself. We don't need to be taught to love ourselves. We learned that in our, on our own since we were little kids. You know, we, we learn how to do that. Sometimes we love ourselves so much that we hurt ourselves. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So when you love, when you act with love towards God and to others, you're fulfilling the whole world of God. The whole word of God. And so we finish by asking ourselves, how do you respond to God because of His love to you? Are you following Him? Are you serving Him? Are you telling others about Him? How do you respond to God's love because of, because of His love? How do you respond to others? Do you love others the way 1 Corinthians chapter 13 read? Are we following Him for the right reasons? Or are we following Him for whatever other reasons? Are you happy to serve Him? Are you telling others about Him, what He has done in Him for your life? How does the love of God control you? Because of His love to you, are you treating others with respect? Are you treating others the right way? Are your works of love followed by your actions or are just pure words? How do you distinguish between a child of God and a child of the neighbor? Child of Satan. 
First John chapter 3 verse 10 You distinguish the love of God The child of God By the person's love To others Love God Love others It's simple The message of the Bible is simple Love God Love others Our Father in heaven We we want to thank you Lord We want to thank you for allowing us To hear the message of your word this morning We thank you Father for Helping us understand Your love And how should we respond To that love that has been given to us Lord we want to We want to make sure we are your children And that we're showing this by our deeds And not just by our speech We pray Father That you will help us And there's no way we can love on our own strength But we need to be dependent on your love Lord only when we experience your love, we can experience and act with love for other people. Forgive us, Father, for so many times acting in a different way, having a different attitude towards you, towards others. But we want to make sure that we examine ourselves and that we are acting with love towards others. Help us, Father, because it's not in our nature. Because it's something we wrestle with. And help us begin with our house, with our families, with our church, with our people, people at work, workers, community, so that we can impact others with that real love. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing to other people. In your name we pray.
by your spirit in the week ahead of us. Empower us to love you as you have loved us. To follow you closely, to serve you fervently, and to tell others about you. Lord, help us to go this week confident that you love us. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't cause you to love us more. We can't cause you to love us less. Lord, might we be a blessing to people that we encounter this week. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. You have poured out your love into our hearts. Might it overflow and spill out in our lives as we touch others this week. Is our prayer together in the mighty name of King Jesus. Amen. Have a great week. Remember the barbecue Wednesday night. I'll look forward to seeing you there. Uh, Ron isn't promising ribs and tri-tip, but it's going to be a great time together.